Hey guys, it's Brad. Welcome to Remote Software Genius. You ready to start for real? Yep. Yeah, sure. We're All ready. Right. Cool. All right. Um, hey guys, we're here with Maxim. Uh, today we're going to talk about his experience in life and what he does. So, uh, Maxim, you want to tell the audience who you are and why, why we're talking to you today? Yeah. Hi, Brad. Uh, hey. So, uh, yeah, so uh, actually my current position is uh, head of delivery at TNXsoft. So I'm actually responsible for uh, supervising and leading all the stuff which is related to delivering and implementation of the application and and uh, projects. And actually uh, what is uh, my current day? is looks like is uh, mostly working with project managers and team leaders on uh, delivering the stuff for our clients and uh, yeah so it's mostly communication and uh, coming up with some decisions and advices how to proceed in the best way to achieve a great result nice. so a lot of uh, dealing with customers too or, or mostly with project managers uh, I think at the moment uh, it's mostly uh, working with the project managers. So uh, for sure there are some projects uh, where I am uh, in a role of project manager, so I'm communicating with the, with the clients are on a regular basis. Uh, and uh, on other projects, uh, the project manager is the main communication point from clients. So he's actually responsible for communication, resolving some issues uh, in case there are some. So. On this project, I mostly work with the project manager and help him to to proceed to, with the, with decisions in case he needs some advice. Nice. Um, and it, I know the answer to this question, but let's say anyway, how many people total at Enixsoft? Yeah, so at the moment we have uh, around uh, 90 people. So it's uh, close to 100. So we are moving to this point and ready to move forward. Nice. Um, so uh, I want to talk to you a bit about like your your experience uh, early on and at university and whatnot. So like, tell us about how, like, how you got here. Um, you were like ten or so years in the industry, I think. So tell me more. Yeah. So when speaking about the commercial experience, uh, so this year is the tenth one. Uh, so uh, what was the beginning? I think that uh, it even started uh, at the school. So uh, I took part in different mass contests, uh, won some of them. And so it actually was uh, the base for my decision to choose uh, the applied mass uh, faculty and proceed with uh, the mass and programming directions. And uh, actually there uh, I studied uh, the basics of uh, algorithms, programming, uh, and I think that the most important uh, which uh, university gave to me is uh, the analytical thinking, the ability to study and how to study the new stuff. And uh, for sure it was uh, 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 the problem solving skill, which is which really helped me at the moment, uh, because there are a really different factor of different situation when you need to to act in uh, in, in uh, of full uncertainty, and uh, this skill uh, which I obtained uh, during uh, during my time at university for sure helping me a lot at the moment. 
Nice. And uh, yeah, and uh, uh, when I actually started, I think that it was the end of the third year. Uh, I was living with uh, two other guys who are the same faculty as me. Uh, so we shared uh, our experience in studying some math and some programming stuff and helped each other with that. And actually, I think it uh, on the other day, it was the end of the third year, we decided uh, that it's time to get a job. And uh, we spent the whole summer visiting courses for software developers. And I think it was August, uh, the end of uh, August, uh, when I came to my first working day. It was one of the most famous uh, local outsourcing companies. Uh, so it was a really, uh, really scary at the moment. But, uh, uh, but it was cool. I remember my first working day uh, when I uh, came and in five minutes, uh, my uh, technical leader says me, okay, Maxim, sit here, architecture of the project. So <laughs> it was the first time when I heard about the architecture and uh, it was the architecture of uh, application for a really huge uh, American bank and uh, my mind just blowed. So, yeah. <laughs> It was, uh, I think that uh, I came home uh, late uh, in the evening. I, I can't even eat anything, just uh, fall asleep and uh, went to my second working day. Just, yeah, so it was, uh, it was funny, scary, but uh, really interesting. Nice, a, a real trial by fire. Uh, your early days, what, wait, sorry, what languages did you learn in college? Like I was, I, I know my school was like, java and then there were some like python classes for the kind of like non-majors um what did you guys learn in, in lviv yeah so we we are starting from uh from real basics uh, so uh, uh it's the first one it was assemble assembler then it was uh, pascal then it was c plus plus then partly c sharp then uh, then i and then I studied Java just uh, at home. Uh, then I think on the first years, I implemented uh, a small peer-to-peer chat uh, on Python. So, yeah, so we experienced uh, a lot of different languages. So it, it was uh, a good experience for me and helped me to, yeah, to choose what I want to go with uh, in my career. Yeah, nice. Uh that it sounds like you got a lot more exposure to different languages than I did. Like it, I went to a liberal arts school, so you kind of had to fight for experience. Like I, I had to fight to get some scholarship to go to WWDC. Um, I like, I, you had to take like the programming languages course and like, then you could see like weird stuff like Haskell, like, Oh sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, but m- most of the core curriculum was all Java. Like it, can we talk about Java for a minute? Because I feel like it's it's a fun topic. You, you're right. Yes. You're right. Okay. So uh, I know, like right now, Unixoft, like we don't really employ a lot of Java developers. Um, I know there's some Android guys, um, and some guys have like Java experience, but now have like gone on to other stuff like C Sharp and whatnot. Tell me, like, what do you think about Java? Like the current state of Java. Um, as, as an ex-Java guy yourself, like what, what's going on there? Yeah, so uh, actually from my side, I really like Java language. Uh, first of all, I think it's uh, because of its strong types uh, system. And I like that everything is super structured. 
uh, and uh, you can write a code which just literally can be changed uh, in a legal in a legal way by developers who will use or extend your functionality so it's uh, pretty cool uh, and uh, speaking about uh, what we have uh, uh, what I think about Java uh, in, 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 in the moment uh, I think that uh, it for sure depends uh, on the size of solution which you want uh, to build and uh, I think that in current fast world when you need to uh, when you need to almost every day to adjust something in your product, maybe even change some, uh, make integrations with different things and uh, this stuff like that. Uh, so choosing Java might be, you know, uh, it might be something like uh, you need to, to pass uh, a, a trail, a, a narrow trail in the forest and you choose to pass it uh, with a tank. So, I think that, uh, yeah, so Java at the moment doesn't provide uh, such uh, a lot of flexibility which is needed uh, for uh, for small and medium-sized startups and businesses. So for big enterprises, uh, it might be cool, uh, but yeah, but for, uh, for middle and uh, small-sized businesses uh, which want to reach some cool stuff uh, very quickly and in a flexible way, it's not the best fit. So yeah, I think that uh, this is one of uh, the main things why we are why we are not working with Java at the moment uh, as a web technology. So yeah. The yeah. Mobile, obviously, you have to um, in in Android. Um, but I, I I totally hear you. I, I think if I were even a big enterprise, though, I think I would lean towards something like C Sharp instead of Java nowadays. It seems like. Java is almost like from a business perspective, it's it's almost in an abandoned language, right? Like Sun Microsystems invented it and then it got bought by Oracle. And then you have like Google and Oracle fighting over rights to like the core core Java libraries and all this other nonsense. It's like uh, you basically have a language that's being hijacked by like patent trolls, it seems like. So if I'm going to hop in bed with a, you know, a kind of a closed language or, or, or something, uh, enterprise language, let's say, I, I think C sharp would be my my first choice. Do you agree, or you think I'm crazy? Uh, I think that yeah, it uh, it should be the first uh, option. So uh, this is uh, this is why uh, one of the main things why we have the C sharp because it helps uh, to cover not only the small and uh, small and medium size application, but the enterprise ones as well. Uh, and just speaking about Java, you know that uh, nevertheless that uh, it's pretty old and abandoned but uh, every year everyone says that uh, java will die but uh, it's still alive it's not, it's not gonna die <laughs> like it, there's too much there's such a massive code base that needs to be maintained and like and that's that i think that leads us to an interesting point i think if you look at like language popularity you see like java and php like really high on the list still I don't think they're not going to die, but I think nobody wants to work with them. I think you'd be hard pressed to like really start a new big project in like Java and PHP. And like there are reasons to, right? Like you have legacy systems you want to connect to or a, a bunch of developers who already are Java heads or PHP heads, like go for it. So 
I think it's it's decades before these languages die, but I still think I would uh, I would go elsewhere with my with my talent if I were trying to learn something uh, from scratch. And if you look at sorry, furthermore, if you look at what like the universities are teaching, I think they've largely changed from teaching Java to like like MIT for example. They like start with Python, then they move you on to like C and C plus um, plus. Even though I think they're uglier like. Uh, C is obviously not object oriented, but they're uglier languages. But that like openness and long term support, I think, really gets you pretty far um, in terms of something to learn. So, yeah, and, I think that also this uh, data science uh, boom just helped helped Python to beat uh, PHP. And uh, yeah, so at the moment uh, when we speak about implementing some cool stuff. Uh, with script language, so yeah, the Python should be the first, uh, uh, yeah, the first uh, option because uh, even here locally, uh, yeah, for sure there are some PHP community, but uh, in case you want to quickly find some new cool developer who is uh, aware about uh, new trends and can't uh, can use uh, every new technologies and implement. Uh, all cool stuff in a pretty fast uh, way so python you will find really quickly and uh, php you can spend months on searching it yeah yeah i i still think just from like a maybe advice for learning perspective i still think you need to learn something that's strongly typed right like python and javascript and like ruby you can do a bunch of really ugly stuff um, and I think you need an experience with a, with a type language like a like a C sharp. I think would be it's a C plus plus. I think Objective C is not not the one. But um, there there's an, a lot of good options. But I think you got to learn both. Anyway, um, so let's talk. Let's switch gears. Languages are fun to talk about. We could talk more about those later. But let's talk about like your your experiences with outsourcing companies i hate that you call them outsourcing companies by the way like i, I think they're software development firms is the word like, <laughs> but I, I get it like whatever you you came in in the business like 2010 right it, and i think outsourcing was the right word then but i think in a world where everybody works remotely it, we're all right we're all just software development firms um yeah more uh, more over in uh, current situation when everybody just works remotely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody can call him outsourcer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what the hell's the difference? In <laughs> um, aside, I, I think it's just silly too. Like, people get really hung up on where people live to to do to build software. But I've seen like people hire like full time employees and give them all these benefits and like giving them all these benefits and salary doesn't mean that they're going to be loyal, you know, especially when they have offers at the door to work, you know, work for ever growing tech behemoths, like, you know, the Googles and the Amazons and Facebooks of the world. Um, it's, it's hard. Like, like your employment doesn't buy loyalty is the, the takeaway there. Yeah, and, for sure. And, also, yeah. Also the, I think that uh, the world is, uh, you know, it's uh, speeding up uh, every day. And uh, in case uh, 20 years ago, you were listening some uh, some artist, uh, and uh, you were listening it during the half a year, and you knew every song, every word within the song. So at the moment, you 
you hear a song uh, uh, in the morning and uh, till the end of the day you don't remember who was uh, who was an artist and what was song about <laughs> there you go um all right let, let's let's talk about like dealings with customers and projects like in your in your experience right like what were give me like highlights and lowlights but let's start with the lowlights what were like the worst projects you've been on like what what were like uh, tell me stories of horror um and and then uh, shortly after don't spend too long but like then tell me stories of, of success like go go tell me some okay uh, i think the, the worst thing uh, it's uh, definitely uh, a case uh, and uh, it's actually a, a part of our history as well. When we spend just a month, as it's more than half of a year, it's almost a year, when we were developing uh, a software, uh, we just put there a lot of efforts, uh, design efforts, uh, testing efforts, development efforts, business analyst efforts, and uh, we're just working in a very good pace. And uh, in in a year, this client uh, check uh, checks uh, uh, checks the software and saying, uh, "Come on, this is just absolutely different from what I was expecting. Uh, this software works in absolutely different way. Uh, I don't know what to do with that. And uh, where my money? I I I, uh, I was uh, paying you during during a year." And the results of it are absolutely catastrophic. So it is our times, it's burnout of uh, all the team, it's uh, money lost, it's a lot of nerves. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not uh, it's not so easy uh, as it can, can, uh, can, can be imagined when I'm uh, yeah, uh, saying about that, about this, uh, just disappointing when you understand that uh, the whole year of work is just uh, something which is not needed and actually it is uh, the place where the first rule of our delivery is born it is iterative delivery and so it's about making sure that uh, you are doing the right things regularly and uh, figure out the wrong things uh, as soon as possible and correct uh, your direction obtain regular feedback and uh, be sure on the early stages that you are doing the right things. Do you think that requires like a, a technical customer though, right? Because I've I've talked to a lot of customers and sometimes been a customer who like wants to give somebody a project and be like, okay, you understand it, go build it. I need to, I'm gonna go, you know, do my other stuff. Uh, like, do you do you think the iterative delivery delivery like sending them something to test or look at every two weeks or every week do you think that puts a, a big burden on the customer uh, do you think that burden's worth it like uh, tell me tell me more about that it's uh, it, it's even not more uh, about you know just sending some some demo and uh, showing showing uh, showing the customer what we are working on and obtain some formal acceptance that okay you are doing some is correct uh, this is more about engaging the customer to the project, so uh, so we can work as uh, one team. So he is engaged. He reviews the requirements. He, he knows that he is paying for something which is uh, will be valuable for for him. And we even have the stories when 
uh, we uh, used our standard approach for iterative delivery uh, with, un, with one of our, with our customers. And uh, at the end of the road, uh, he said us that, uh, you know, uh, you will piss me off with uh, this iterative delivery, but uh, at the end of the road, I understand that it was needed and I received what I wanted for money, which I paid. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that story probably resonates with a lot of people who built projects. I think you go in thinking that you know all the requirements and that you figured out all all the kind of edge cases and how things could work, but I think people overestimate their own abilities <laughs> very often. So yeah, I, I, for sure. And even uh, in case when you're not a technical person, uh, uh, you you can you can't even imagine how. Uh, how you can be wrong about uh, the expectation about how many efforts are needed. So I have another story for that. Uh, so I visited, was visiting a gym and uh, just speaking with my uh, trainer. Uh, so actually with my coach. So what uh, he asking me what uh, I'm what I'm doing on my work, and I'm saying the time I'm writing uh, I'm writing a quote, and he said, Oh, cool. So. Uh, how, how long it will take to write uh, such uh, application as Facebook? Three, five days? Mm-hmm. And I say, okay, yes, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Maybe seven. Yeah. I mean, it might be true too. Like I, there's a million tutorials out there to like make Twitter from scratch in two minutes, but that doesn't mean you have a Twitter that's scalable and full feature. Like you get the core feature down. Fine. I can build you a wall and a profile in a couple days. You know, but people just don't understand. uh, Okay, what about like resetting my password, or what about like blocking a stalker? You know, (laughs) like (laughs) uh, all all this other stuff like that that's has grown over time. Like it's so yeah, it's it's tough, but um, I I do I fully support you obviously on the on the iterative delivery. What about like? Tell me a story about like this, the best customer you've ever had, like the best, the, the biggest success, the, the, the happiest team, whatever. Tell, what's, tell me the story. I think that all, all the stories about success in uh, delivering projects are not really, you know, entertain, entertaining because uh, delivery loves to be predictable, controllable and uh, repeatable. And uh, it means that... Uh, the whole process should be calm and you just should go through the whole implementation uh, cycle without any surprises. And uh, uh, it is the main thing in delivery and implementation of, um, of uh, application and products. It's the absence of surprises because the worst thing which can happen during the delivery and during the implementation, it's a surprise. So when we have a risk, even if we have a risk about some uh, some really uh, bad situation and it might happen, we know about that and we can plan a response for it. Uh, so we are prepared even if, uh, e- even if it can happen. But when some surprises occurs, that uh, this is the place when everybody loses control and can't predict anything. And as delivery, it is about some predictable, controllable, and repeatable thing. All the stories, uh, all the stories about success, are not so, you know, are not so entertaining as, as I said. So when when we 
speaking about uh, satisfied uh, customers and the one which I said about which at the end of the road said that your process was cool. So this is uh, this was the, the project where actually uh, there uh, there happened nothing extraordinary because everything is according to plan. Everything is uh, very uh, structured in a very cool way and uh, everything is happening according to a plan. And uh, actually, uh, it is uh, what people want, uh, not only customers, but only uh, but, uh, uh, developers, uh, the developer teams also. It's uh, to be sure that uh, they are doing something and it will be done in that precise way that uh, they will be working on the project during the next few months and uh, it will be stable for, for, the, for them also. So when speaking about uh, some cool stories, you know, I, I, I even can't remember or recall it because uh, it was something calm and, and uh, without any surprises. And yeah, this no, is I, not a story which you remember. Yeah, no, I, I actually, I, I hear you. I, I'm, I'm not surprised by your answer, but I, I think it's having a little bit of a revelation here. I, I mean, I think you're totally right, though. I think like for me, too, like just personally, I think the best days are the most organized days, the days where it feels like I'm almost a factory worker, right? Like I come, I have my coffee, I, you know, sit at my desk and I know I, like the day just proceeds and I hack away at the problem and I run my tests and I check in my code or, or, or whatever it is I have to do. Right. I do it in a structured way and I'm I'm not uh, there's some stuff I need to figure out. Obviously, I'm like learning or whatever, but it's it's very normal. It's very steady uh, and I, there's a sense of progress. And I feel like the last thing you want on a project is like surprises, like you said, OK, oh, shoot, I've been working on this thing all week. But then like the requirements weren't what I thought they were. Or you know you have some calls in the middle of the night about bugs or who whatever it is. Uh, I, I I totally hear you. So I, I think that's that's funny though. That in, in all, but also not surprising for like if you have a bunch of analytical kind of like super nerds working on a project, they just want want structure, right? Like give me structure, give me give me the, the regular stuff. We'll be good to go. So. I, yeah, when when they see that uh, you know uh, this uh, uh, this nerds they 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 like order, yeah. and when everything is under order and uh, every every single line of code is passed through the code review, they look to this ideal creation and uh, they just feel the satisfaction. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool. That's what the really great guys within the sphere do. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Um, I think that's a good place to end it for now. Um, Maxim, I think this is fun and revealing. Uh, and let's uh, let's do it again soon, okay? Yeah, sure. Thank you, Brad, and for your time and questions. That's it for today. We'll see you guys next week. Feel free to send us a voice message, an email, or a LinkedIn message. You can see all the links in the show notes. Have a great week.